What up, what up? Welcome to the There's More podcast. This is Hannah Nitz, every week bringing you a conversation, inviting you in to something more with God. I would say my target market is (laughs) people who are Christians, who are intrigued at the thought of there being something more. Whether you've been a believer for a few days or a few decades, saying past the salvation, past going to church, past small groups, past Bible studies, like this intimate relationship that we can have with the creator of the universe, there are there's so much more to experience in God and experience the fullness of him. And I just want everyone to taste it because once I find something I love, I usually don't shut up about it. This is like a universal quality I've had for my whole life. And um, it's what made me a good marketer. Um, But now I found the best thing in the world. (laughs) And it is pursuing knowing God in a deeper, more personal way than I ever knew possible. So that's what the show's about. Uh, Welcome. Today's episode is just me. Me and the microphone. Uh, No friends, nobody else. I just wanted to share a little peek into what God has been teaching me, um, specifically in the book of John, as I've been reading through it. And this is just something I try to do on the podcast. It's like, God, if you're teaching me this and I can sit in it and marinate in it and let it change me, I'm going to share it. Like, I want other people to know and experience the amazingness of you. So that's what today is. We're going to hop into the book of John. And I'm going to accuse you of possibly being thirsty. Here we go. So I've been reading through the book of John for a few months now. And when I hit, still at the beginning of John, John 4, 5, 6, and 7, I like couldn't get over how often Jesus was talking about food. And like, I feel you, Jesus. I'm always talking about food, too. Um, But he was talking about being hungry and thirsty, like, all the time. Like, I feel like every story I read, let me flip back here. So in John 4, Jesus is um, with the Samaritan woman at the well, and he's saying, like, if you're thirsty, girl, come drink. Like, I am, you will never be thirsty again. In um, John 5, does he talk about being hungry and thirsty there? No. John 6, he feeds the 5,000 food and then immediately follows up with like, I am the bread of life and goes into this whole thing about like true bread. If you are hungry, feed on me. And then um, he like continues into that in chapter six after he feeds the 5,000, you know, he's saying like, feed on my flesh, drink of my blood, these very intense statements. And then um, in John 7, he's at a, the Feast of Booths with all of his, uh, his people, all of his friends. So John 7, 37, the last day of the feast, he stands up. If anyone thirsts, let him come and drink from me. Okay, so I just was shocked at how often he talked about this. Like, again, if you've gone to church or, you know, listen to sermons, like you've heard about God saying, like, if you are hungry or thirsty, like, come to me. 
But considering I'm reading through John, you know, each verse by verse by verse, I never realized that he talks about it back to back to back. Like Jesus really is in this short part where we get to see him talking with people and like interacting with other humans before he dies. Bro's talking about food a lot. Like he's talking about being hungry and thirsty a lot. All right, here's here's one thing I've been thinking about this. What does it mean to hunger and thirst? Why does Jesus talk about this so much? Um, depending on what time you've listened to this, what time it is in your little world right now, for here, for me, it is 1130. Um, I already have made breakfast for my son, myself, and Caleb, my husband, I um, have already taken food out of the freezer to defrost chicken so that we could grill some uh, chicken on the grill tonight. Um, I already texted Caleb, you know, quarantine style. He's upstairs working, asking him um, what he wants from the leftovers for lunch. I've already had two glasses of iced coffee. I had a thing with water for breakfast. And right before I sat down, I was like, "Mm, I kind of want a cheese stick. So if you think about your normal day, we uh, think about food and drink a lot. We do. Like, even if you are not someone who is, um, like, super obsessed with food or, like, loves to eat, which I do, all of us, our days revolve in some way around taking breaks to get food, making sure you're drinking enough water, getting your coffee. This is a constant thing in anyone's normal day. Just as a funny twist to this as well about being thirsty. It's funny because um, I would say in pop culture right now, um, the word thirsty is used a lot. So if you, you might catch this in a popular rap song right now, or um, if you follow those like Instagram models who will post about like being thirsty It's funny because, again, it's this word in pop culture. And I actually looked it up on, um, like, a pop culture definitions website on what it means to be thirsty. Because, again, I will hear people say all the time, like, man, she's thirsty. And this is the definition, (laughs) according to, like, uh, you know, the dictionary of today. Um, Someone who is too eager to get something. When you are deliberately fishing for compliments and attention, and when you have a need to gain fame or admiration through social media to puff up your self-esteem. First off, I just think that's hilarious. Like, I think that (laughs) the fact that Jesus is saying, like, if you are thirsty, come to me, which, again, we can do a deep dive onto what that means, but that it's even this term that is now used in like everyday language that it's saying like, girl, you're thirsty. Like you are eager for something. You are working for this. Like you are wanting those compliments. Um, and who knew Jesus made that term, you know, popular and mean something way before these music artists were so hilarious. Okay. So there's so many passages again, between John four and John seven, where Jesus is talking about this, but I'm going to focus on um, John 4, which is when Jesus is interacting with this um, Samaritan woman, 
which we often hear this story of talked about Jesus and the woman, woman at the well. Like people talk about that um, quite often. And again, I think I've heard many a sermon on this, but for some reason this time, as I'm getting to know Jesus, as I'm saying, God, I want to know you. And that's the lens that I'm reading my Bible through. Every story is hitting me different. Okay, so we're going to focus on John 4. I'm just going to read through a piece of it, uh, starting in verse 7. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for the disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. You know, his boys were busy. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw the, uh, draw water with and the well is deep. Where are you getting living water? Are you greater than Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself. Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, verse 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said, sir, give me the water so I won't be thirsty or have to come back here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying this, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Verse 19, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Here's the thing that is like so mind-blowing slash inviting to me in all of this. When he's saying, will you give me a drink? It's Jesus explaining and inviting us to take a taste of living water. Like something better than what you're seeking right now, sweet woman, I am offering you. And then when he's saying, where is your husband? I think he's essentially helping this woman see like you are thirsty for many things. Like the thirst I'm talking about is not the physical thirst for water. But just as your body thirsts for water all day long and you have to come get this water and think about food and water all day, there are things in your life that you're thirsting for. And I see it. I see that it's men in your life. And I'm calling you and inviting you into such a deep, satisfying water that you will not thirst for that again. You will not have this whole of like, I need to be fulfilled and met with men. Instead, what I give you, you will not be thirsty again. If you're like me, you may read these stories or hear these things in the Bible and say, this is for unbelievers. Like this is an invitation for someone to know God for the first time. And not take a second to say, can this still be true for people who are Christians, for people who believe in God, that there is a deeper, satisfying thing he can give us so I am not thirsting anymore? Like, are there still things I'm thirsting for? Again, for the last decade, I would have read this verse and been like, I'm not sleeping around. <laughs> like, I got one man and like my sexuality 
uh, you know, is wrapped up in him. I'm not doing all these things. Like Jesus wouldn't see me at a well and call me out for, you know, thirsting, thirst trapping with another dude. So it's like, okay, carry on, move on. Again, instead, I'm, I'm pausing and saying, wait, God, you did this for me with so many things this last year that I was thirsty for that you satisfied me in, in a different way than I knew was possible. And that, my friend, is what I want to invite you into and encourage you in, in this episode and conversation today. I've always known that God loves me. I've always known this sweet salvation, this gift I have from him. I've always known like the truth of scripture, the beauty of the gospel, all of these things. But to think that the way that I interact again with water, with coffee, with food, with beverages, this thing that's constantly pulling me, desiring me, things that I'm thinking of and wanting all day long, that Jesus could be that satisfying that he would like, um, like satisfy those cravings all day long in him, but also that I could hunger and thirst for him as often as I do water, coffee, and food. That's the more with God that I'm obsessed with talking about and, you know, talk about on the podcast. It's like, man, how crazy would it be if he was actually that satisfying? Not just to get us to heaven, not just to introduce us to a relationship with him, but that this relationship with him would literally make us not thirst for anything else in all of life, ever. That's a wild thought. And that's the thing that blows my mind about Jesus's answer. He doesn't say, if you drink of this water, you will not sin anymore. If you drink of this water, you will then get into heaven. He says that we will not thirst again. I'm sorry, what? Like, and I think sometimes we don't think about what we are thirsting for. Let me ask you that question. I just, this week was reading in Psalm 1914, where it's asked, it was saying, God, let the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. I looked up the word meditation. Um, What does that mean in the original language it was written in, which was in Hebrew? And it said, what you're constantly plotting and the resounding music that is playing in the background of your mind. Like this constant music, what's going on in your brain, what you're plotting, hoping for, working towards constantly. So the meditations of my heart, when I looked up heart, it said your, your soul, your mind, your thinking, your reflections, your will, your emotions, your passions, Like this whole internal thing that's going on in your life. I'm not just saying, are you sleeping with a lot of men? I'm saying the meditations of your heart, the constant background music, thinking, and motivation for your conscious emotions, passions, and will, that is what you're thirsty for. And that is what Jesus is saying he could satisfy us in. And this is nuts. I did not live like this was true for a very long time. 
I loved Jesus. I knew he was getting me to heaven. I knew that his grace was the best, and I wanted everyone to know it and experience it. But I had no idea that I could every day drink of a water that would make me not thirst for other things again. I did not know that his like presence and being could be so satisfying that like <laughs> these Instagram people who are so thirsty. Remember we talked about that deliberately fishing for attention, so eager for something like the meditations of my heart, the things that I think about, plan about all day long could be satisfied with him. It's just so cool. So I'm reading this verse. I'm overwhelmed by this saying, God, is this what you offered with Jesus? Not just salvation, but this relationship that, as he says in, um, again, in this in chapter four, he's saying of John, the water I give him, first he says, you won't be thirsty again. The second thing he says is, the water I will give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. If you remember, I am real into the definition of eternal life because I always thought it was heaven. Turns out the word life, eternal life in the Bible is zoe, which yes, means an, a, a literal eternal life, but it also means a deep, meaningful, purpose-filled, satisfying life here on earth with God. So y'all, this water <laughs> is not only not making you thirsty, it's not just something you drink out of a cup, but it literally creates a spring of water inside of you that wells up constantly. Picture a fountain of water that is inside of your soul that is constantly giving you eternal life, zoe life, satisfying life. So not only are you not thirsty, but you're almost drowning in water. Like there is an unending amount of fulfillment that comes in knowing Jesus. That is beautiful. Man, a cross-reference to this story took me to Jeremiah 2, where it says that we are broken cisterns that can hold no water. (laughs) Are you kidding me? The Bible is so freaking cool. Like, here we go, all these years before in Jeremiah saying that people are so broken that even when water is poured into us, it will constantly pour out. And then Jesus comes in John 4 and says, not only will my water fulfill you, but I will literally turn you from a broken cistern to a fountain of water. Are you kidding me? Dang, that is so exciting. This that God is offering through a constant pursuit of Jesus, y'all, this isn't just like a belief system or like what's getting me to heaven or a moral compass that I use on how to live and make Jesus happy and not be this overly sinner and be a good person and raise good kids. This is, this is world-shaking, And let me tell you a little bit more of why I believe this. As I was processing all this and reading this over and over from John 4 to John 7 of God saying, if you are hungry, come to me. If you are thirsty, come to me. 
I, I, um, I'm going to actually read you a page out of my journal. For some reason I love doing that on here, even though it is vulnerable. Um, I wrote down this, God, you did this in me. This was not discipline. This was not me working harder to love you. This was being overwhelmed by your living water so that I stopped thirsting for so many things I thirsted for for my entire adult life. Will you show me if there are more things besides you that I am thirsty for? For I only want to be thirsty for you, nothing else, God. Friends, I don't share that out of pride. I don't share this out of an accomplishment because this was not me. This is what we are invited to. This is what Jesus says he will do for our soul and our being and our hunger and our thirst. When we really actually want it and crave it and prioritize drinking the living water, pursuing relationship with Jesus every single day. Okay, so then in my journal, this is what I wrote next. I made a list of all the things that I used to be thirsty for. It's a weird list to read out loud again, uh, because these are things you don't usually admit out loud. But the reason I do is because I want you to see a concrete example and picture of what a difference it is from being a Christian my whole life, (laughs) I've always loved Jesus, to intentionally seeking the more, saying, God, I want more. If your life and relationship with you is supposed to be so fulfilling that I will not thirst again, sign me up. Show me what to do. Show me what to surrender and how to take in. He says that in um, John 6, how to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. Could that be a more intense sentence? Um, so, so this is my list. News and politics, entertainment, following bachelor celebrities, watching reality TV, spending lots of time on Instagram, being well-liked, having an important career, being seen as a spiritual leader in my church, weighing less than 200 pounds, having people laugh at my Instagram stories, having fun every single day, making sure anyone I spent time with thought I was fun, having a big kingdom impact, looking cute and stylish, sounding smart and witty. You know, I like when people think I'm funny. Having lots of friends, making as much money as my husband, fitting back into a size 10 jean, being a really good friend who people would want to be friends with, owning the newest and nicest technology, Caleb thinking I'm the best wife ever, beautifully capturing my life and adventures in Instagrammable pictures. All right, so that was my list. And I would say for the last 10 years, every day when I woke up, similar to craving my water, my coffee, my breakfast, my food, these hidden motivators were pushing everything I did. I still wanted, I mean, if you could hear, I feel like I would summarize those as like, I still wanted to have fun. I was still really seeking the identity of Hannah Nitz. 
And I really wanted to be seen as someone who loved God. Now, if you hear all of those things, um, I would argue that most of those are not sinful. And I think this is where this whole not thirsting thing I didn't get. I thought like, if I'm not actively craving these super sinful things, then like, I'm good. This passage isn't to me. Like, I'm not thirsty for sin. I'm thirsty for Jesus. Like, I'm good. And then somehow in this last year, as my life and heart and soul has been more filled with God, my desire for this list, um, it's like gone. And I know that sounds, um, I don't know how it sounds, honestly. Does that sound weird? Does it sound dramatic? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it does. But honestly, it's caused some weird conversations, even with my friends, because my motivations are different now. My decisions are different now. How I spend my time is different now. Because I'm no longer thirsting for, I want to be entertained. I need my career to be important. I need people to see me as a spiritual leader. I need to make sure that I'm skinny enough that people don't think I'm fat. I want to make sure I have fun every day and people hang out with me and think I'm cool and want to be my friend. Again, guys, you can be a believer and still have this list of things you're thirsty for. And what I'm just possibly asking you, inviting you, pursuing you, are there things that you're thirsty for? I would guess there are. Like, this is why Jesus says this dramatic statement. And again, all throughout this beginning of John is constantly saying, when you hunger and when you thirst, instead, eat and drink of me and I will satisfy. You will not be thirsty. Now, don't get me wrong. Last week I had a small meltdown um, because I had this like very ugly, jealous thought that came in my head because someone else was getting more attention than I was and I wasn't cool with it and I went into this whole spiral. Like, your girl still sins. I could do, <laughs> I could do a whole episode on my sin if you would like that too. Like, this is not perfection. This is not me achieving or arriving. Friends, I just want you to taste this and know that this more with God is the most fulfilling thing you will ever taste. It's just such a game changer. So friends, number one, will you read through these verses from John 4 to John 7? Highlight, circle, um, write down whenever God is talking about hungering or thirsting and the comparisons that he's making to himself. Um, look up some cross-references. Where else in the Bible is it talking about this? Um, maybe look up some definitions. I use the Blue Letter Bible app. You can click on any word in a verse and then click on the interlinear concordance and look up any word in the original language and what it meant. Like, read through this. Study this for yourself. And maybe Get honest with God and say, God, what else do I wake up hunger and thirsting for every day? And would it actually be possible for me to get such a fulfillment in you that those are not things that I hunger and thirst for anymore? 
Um, man, that's what I'm praying for you guys as you're listening to this podcast. Like, God, will you take these men and women and take them to your word and not teach this through me? Not just be like, well, Hannah said this, so it must be true. Guys, things are a hundred times cooler and more powerful when you learn it from God versus when you learn it from a person. So will you go to the book of John? Will you read these stories? Will you ask God what you're hunger and thirsting for and what it could look like if instead you say, God, I will surrender anything for the, the exchange of more of you and of hungering and thirsting for you. look at that. Maybe we are more thirsty than we realized. Maybe some of these verses and stories and invitations uh, speak more to us than we would have thought. Would love to hear how this episode hit you, what you thought. Head over to hannahnitz.com. You can click on say hello or just check out our Facebook page, the There's More podcast on Facebook. I've been sending my podcast episodes ahead of time to my friend Bethany McDougal. And if you've noticed the past few episodes, she's been doing these beautiful poetic summaries of each conversation. See, uh, she created another one after listening to this episode that I just love. So I'm going to wrap up today's podcast with this poem called Water. Your spirit hovered over the waters. Your voice commanded waves to calm. Your miracle transformed water into wine. Your power parted the mighty seas. You opened a floodgate and washed away sin. You're the good shepherd who leads us by still waters. By your image we were created, but by Adam's we were broken. Shambles of cisterns intended for use, capable of nothing. But rather than watching water rush through the cracks in our hands, you say, come, those who thirst. I will wash away your desires. I invite you to never thirst again. Come drink of me, of my blood. And out of your heart will flow rivers of living water.